Hey, what's up everybody? It's Justin, editor-in-chief of rapzilla.com. And uh, this is it. This is the final episode of Community During Chaos, episode 25. Um, I'm going to bring it back next year, but with the holidays here, I have not missed a week. This is 25 straight weeks, 75 interviews. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm tired. Um, and it takes a lot to interview that many people. There's been a ton of chaos and a ton of community uh, learned throughout this year. So I hope that you've all learned and walked in someone else's shoes with me as I have. We have Jeannie Ortega, who is a singer, a reporter, um, an actress. She's got an incredible story. And, uh, and actually, we're, we're kind of fitting a theme along with this episode. Um, Jeannie is going to be on here to talk about adoption. And then next is On Beat Music producer OB, who of course does our Critique Fridays. Um, OB is going to talk about being a stepfather and welcoming kids that weren't his into his life and now being a father in that way. So those are the first two things we have in common. And then the third one, we're going to have Phil The Voice and Vince Serrano. Um, Phil The Voice is a rapper. Vince is um, in charge of Outsiders Clothing, and they're doing Stop the Traffic Tour to help bring awareness to stop sex trafficking of boys. Usually we hear about women or young girls that are being trafficked. Um, but they, their initiative is to bring awareness to the boys who are being trafficked. So children are the theme of this entire episode. Um, and yeah, so it should be great. Uh, Jeannie and Obi are good friends of mine. I've known for a long time. I've never spoken to Phil, but I've posted his music all the time. And I've seen Vince, uh, Vince's work with the Outsiders clothing brand. So this is a dope way to end the whole series out. And then I will be back at some point in the new year. And maybe we'll chat at the end of this whole thing. Yeah, how are long, you? Long time no see. I know, right? We, uh. we, we threw, a, we threw a, a podcast in there like a year or so back to talk. But, man, I haven't, I haven't seen you in a long time. Um, so I, I'll just very briefly, um, everyone, this is Jeannie Ortega, singer from Brooklyn, New York. Puerto Rican, always representing. Uh, she's now in Florida, but we also used to work together um, at a, another company for Briefcast. Um, we were assistant editors together. That seemed like a lifetime ago. It was five years ago. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, we made a lot of, I'm going to adjust this as I'm talking to you. We made a lot of really cool memories, did amazing stories, got on youtube and whatever you were seeing her face and i was like behind the scenes helping <laughs> stuff out but um i had to figure out how to do this for myself but anyway and you Jeannie, do a great job thank you hey, she's only saying that because we're live but no. i see it i see a ton of puerto rican flags i'm, I'm all about that <laughs> Whippa. all right so genie I do not want to waste any more time. I want to talk to you about important things. So first off, I want to ask the same question I ask everyone. 2020 has been a year of absolute madness and craziness between uh, COVID, um, the civil rights things that are happening. Now you throw the elections in there. 
Um, now COVID's kind of coming, not that it ever left, but it's, it's rearing its head, ugly head again. So what, what has your 2020 been like? You know what? I hate to say this because I know it's been a hard one for so many people, but I gotta say, I've been blessed, you know, God, you know, it's, it's allowed me to really reflect on, um, just how good God is, you know, to me, I've, I've, even though churches have shut down, I've mm -hmm. managed to stay close to God. Um, you know, uh, I also feel like I see a lot of people's true colors. So, you know, everyone was like 2020 vision, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and like, Mess that up. yeah, but they thought it was going to be, you know, whatever, like for their life. If anything, yeah. I think 2020 has been very revealing, exposing. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people's true colors. I've seen my own true colors, you know. Um, yeah. And it's been it's been a beautiful journey for me. I feel God near. Um, I think it's important for all of us to know how to cultivate God for ourselves without a church, without a hype man, basically, um, because we're supposed to have that direct connection. And mm -hmm. and I've been blessed. I, my bills are paid. You know, God is still providing, and I know that's not the yeah. case for everybody. So I know that I'm very blessed, and I'm just really thanking God for His goodness and how how He's kept me. Yeah, and I think that's important because I've I've had that conversation with a few different people on the show where they're like, "I'm really afraid to say it," and like, "2020 has been one of the best years of my life," or like, mm -hmm. "You know, I've made the most moves in 2020, or I've gained the most success," or, "You know, it wasn't that bad for me." Um, and I think that is important too. like, obviously there, there's people who are going through things, but you should be able to celebrate and praise God and be happy for your victories in life. Yeah. Um, and you should be able, even if you're going through a tough time, be able to celebrate and have joy with people who are experiencing good things. And at the same time, I do want to say I have had, um, four deaths this year, two of them, my wow. grandfather's. So my husband's grandfather, who I was so close to, and yeah. I'm still grieving. And that was at the top of this year. We buried him in Grenada. And then my grandfather in August, which Sorry. I can't even think about it because it's so painful. But they both lived very long lives. They were both the mm -hmm. patriarchs of our family. And they left incredible legacies to look towards. Um, but... You know, in the midst of my grief, I do, I, like you said, I'm looking at the good and giving God thanks for sure. Right. And I mean, there's, there's going to be ups and downs of every year too, of course, but, if, but 2020, it just seems like, man, like one week after another, it's like, well, all right, what else, what else is going to change in the news? Um, but again, celebrating those victories, grieving when you need to grieve, but just, just being like, you know what, we're almost out of this year. So we've got, we've gotten through this year yeah. um, and uh, you know, hoping for a great 2021. So, I mean, <laughs> just give us something, <laughs> just give us a little something. Um, so during this season, what have you been able to do, whether it be, you know, with your church or your platform on your own, in your own local community to like inspire change or encourage people? Um, well, I, you know, me and my husband, we have a digital, it's like a, it's an international digital ministry in a sense, mm -hmm. but we, we meet, you know, um, here, yeah. whoever's local, but 
we've, you know, we were determined to use everything that we have to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus, right? And when we left New York, I had such a big following in New York. So moving to Orlando kind of forced me into a place like, God, you moved me to this place where I don't know anyone, really. Mm-hmm. And um, you want us to keep doing the ministry. So obviously you have something unique for us. And then yeah. I know it's going to sound insane, but it was really Denzel Washington. I was on a trip. <laughs> I was on a trip for work to interview Denzel Washington for a movie that he did. And we were sitting in a circle, it was a round table. And um, for some reason he was like locked into me. And I think it was because I was young. He can tell I was hungry for God, you know? And he's now coming into his own like authority in God and, and finally yeah. answering the call, I feel like, you know, after 60 some years. Um, and I asked him a question about the, the millennial generation and, and just about the importance of faith in God and all that. And he literally turned to me, he laid his hand on my shoulder and he started to prophetically speak into me and wow. basically told me, you have to reach your millennial generation any way that you can. And God had already been telling me that same thing. Use social media, use YouTube, use live streams, use everything that you can use it to bring me glory and when mm-hmm. Denzel Washington literally confirmed that word for me and I and it was crazy it was wild it was like I was like wow lord you're talking to me and you used freaking Denzel Washington to do it okay. that's a that's a that's a flex that's word, a flex right? yeah I know. <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh I feel so I'm, I'm I feel blessed but maybe it, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have listened if it was somebody else, but um, yeah, it was, it was powerful. So we've just been doing a lot of stuff like this. We do digital Bible studies. We do digital worship experiences. Um, we're basically discipling, empowering and equipping people from all over the country and awesome. even some places in the world, like India, we have a ministry there with 20 pastors that we're just kind of discipling and having them go spread the gospel, you know, and, and yeah. stay on fire. I feel like there's a lot of lukewarmness in Christianity. See, I was, you didn't share my story, but I was converted. Like I didn't, I was saved. Mm-hmm. I was radically saved from being a pop star to, to really surrendering to Jesus. So when mm-hmm. that happens, you know, that's a, that fire, like it's, you it, it shouldn't go out. And if it does, then, you know, that's on me, but I'm, I'm yeah. still trying to do that with everybody that's in our lives. So, did you see someone's comment? Hang, wait, what did it say? Hang on, let me just pick that name up off the floor for you, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> um, name drop. So, um, but you you were already doing this pre-COVID, right? So, it was. Yeah. so has anything actually really changed much from what you guys were doing? Well, now a lot more people are like, we want to, we want to be a part of your ministry. You know, we want to, because I guess they're seeing the importance of having community, even if you can't meet together in person and, you know, we're still doing that. We're still having community. We're still really discipling. Also too, I Mm -hmm. think a lot of churches are very good at preaching, um, but sometimes the discipling part it's, and it's hard. Doing life with people is so messy and it's so hard. So I get it. I understand why a lot of people, you know, a lot of even ministries don't get that involved in people's lives. But for us, 
we feel like God has put us in people's lives so that we can help cultivate whatever it is that they have to do in this world for his name. So we get yeah. it. We get all up in it. <laughs> nice, nice. So is is there a plan to extend that even further in the new year or or you know once the world is seemingly normal again like what else what more can you do for me i'm really like i want to we want to really open up a facility um you know because we're like a para church we're not like a sunday service church we're more like boots on the ground you know helping the orphans helping the widows like yeah, we're yeah, go yeah. out in the street and like really link arms with people. So for me, a facility that can actually help people. Um, and then, you know, also we can do discipleship classes, courses. We do a lot of stuff like that digital. I like to do that more. So, you know, we're praying. Listen, if it's God's will, he'll foot the bill, right? He'll pay for all. <laughs> and, um, you know, but at, at the end of the day, like if it's just one person that I'm reaching through a live stream, I'm going to do that with all my heart. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And now you you mentioned as part of the people you help, you know, orphans or or people in need. So one of the things you you shared to me, you know, before we came on here, that is you're looking to adopt, which in itself is a is a crazy thing. It really takes a special type of person to do that. Mm-hmm. So where did that that heart for adoption come about? And can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Sure. I've always wanted to adopt. I've always had that in my heart since a little girl. I don't even know why. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, God must have put it in there, you know, because even my mom, she tells me, I've always remembered you wanted to adopt, you know, and I have. Um, and then I got married and my husband was kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, let's start our <laughs> own legacy and, and let's see what happens. And um, we actually waited a long time before we, you know, attempted to even start our own legacy with like our own kids um, about seven years, I believe, into marriage. And then um, we tried and I got pregnant and the baby didn't live in my womb. And then we tried again and the same thing happened. And then again, and the same thing happened. I think after the second time though, my husband realized you know, what if I am missing something? Like, what if God is telling us to adopt? You know, and Mm -hmm. first, you know, I think a lot of times us as people, we get caught up in how we think it should normally happen, right? The normal way it should happen. But for us, it could totally be the other way. Like we might be, you know, we might have to adopt before the natural thing happens or whatever, or it's just not meant to be that way. And that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. Um, in the adoption process now, though, like going through it, we're officially licensed to adopt in this country. It is extremely difficult. I think yeah, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, people think about that. adoption and they're like, oh, that's so sweet. Bless your heart. You know, you just go pick out a kid and you go home, right? <laughs> yeah, they think it's the cutest thing. And it is incredible, but it is excruciating. It is so hard. It's so difficult. It's not easy. Just looking for children. You know, we're adopting through the foster care children. So we we, we decided not to go pay, pay for a kid. We mm-hmm. wanted to go to the kids that were the most rejected, you know. And in the foster care system, those are the ones pretty much that, you know, uh, the their parents didn't want them. Their foster parents didn't want uh-huh. them. 
so then you know we would have a chance to adopt them and um it's heartbreaking i mean literally yeah. it's like shopping for kids online you know you don't pay for it you just select them but reading their stories um there was this one girl that we came across in arizona her name was emily and her idea like sh her dream of having a family was i just want to be able to dance and i want to be able to go eat ice cream with my family wow that like oh just thinking about it again like it did something to me it, it messed me up because we do that normally we're like okay like you know let's go get ice cream let's go it's and let's let's dance while we get ice cream yeah and her dream like this is the little girl's dream is to get ice cream like it was just rough and, and you see that a lot you know and then when you request for a kid they send you their profiles uh -huh. and the stuff that has happened to them it's just mortifying um and, and and there's all these protection laws and stuff so i can't really discuss the stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. that happens to them but it's like things that you don't want an adult you don't want the worst adult in your life to go through and yet these little children go through it so it's an extremely hard process and then you select children that you think are perfect for you and then you get rejected or it doesn't work out and it's just a continual process of uh, yeah uh. so it's not as glamorous as um people think but when you do get your forever child you know it's it's going to be incredible and and to be honest and for those of you who are thinking about adoption it really is about who you know unfortunately um, I'm learning that the more connections that I have with adoption managers or specialists, the better chances I mm -hmm. have of actually getting paired uh, with somebody that's a good fit for us. So there's all this stuff that goes along with it. Yeah, I, I think I was telling you my, my sister was fostering teenagers wow. and, you know, just her telling me about, you know, what they have gone through before they got to her and then and initially i don't i'm not i don't think she was able to have kids or didn't think she would mm. um and while she was fostering she actually got pregnant and she had a baby oh. while she was fostering yeah. um but you know it's 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 complicated it's super complicated and uh i think she she's had two or three different kids now just kind of fostering and they been teenagers so That's not even starting you know from the baby like like they've experienced things they've yeah. been through a lot of things well also too there's a big myth about adoption um adoption when you pay 50 grand for it you can get an infant when you try to adopt through the foster care system you're, mm -hmm. you're probably not going to get anybody under nine years old so okay so that's something that's you know and you have to have them what for like a year, right? To yeah, before the official about a year. But yeah, I mean they're still with you, you know. Um, and and it's crazy. I mean even and I, even in that time period, like you can actually say I don't want this kid, which would be the most devastating thing ever. So like for us, my husband and I, we made a commitment like we're not gonna say yes to any kid unless we're absolutely sure. And whatever happens, we're gonna rough it out and that'll be our kid and we will help mm -hmm. them through whatever because to yeah. be adopt to be potentially adopted and then given back like i can't even understand the amount of trauma 
on top of everything else that they've been through for that, you know, so we don't want to do that at all. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Um, if any, if anybody's got some questions for Jeannie, drop, drop them in here as, as we wrap up. You know, Jean, this is killing me because if you remember, I used to be on the phone for like an hour. If I didn't do an hour interview, you know, for me, it was a bad interview. And you'd always be like, who are you talking to? You sound like it's your your best friend. So these shows, these shows really push me because I got to do like 25, 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to get to the next person. I did that on purpose. Otherwise, I'd be here all night. Exactly. We'll just be kicking it. Well, um, I do have a book good. coming out. Um and I talk about my life story. Um, mm-hmm. I, I talk a little bit about just my journey of adoption and stuff. But that's kind of what I've been up to. Working on a book. I'll be working on new music again for the new year. So in the midst of all this, if nothing, none of it was in vain. You know, I'm like, wow, I, yeah. I wrote half of my book during COVID. You know, yeah. it was like, what a what an interesting time to be you know, alive and to be able to record what's happening and even just share yeah. from God, you know? Yeah, you had a little bit, you know, of a lull in in activity. So you you had time. Uh, <laughs> on Beat Music, who's actually on next, praise God for you and your husband. Definitely applaud you guys for what you're doing. Oh, thank you so um, much. Oh, if, if you stick around, On Beat Music, um, he's actually a stepfather uh, to Obi, what is it, four kids? Wow. Um, so he got married and now became okay. stepfather to, to four too. kids. So, yeah, so it's cool. It's cool how this episode lined up, how it's just different topics of, of parenting and, and children. Um, what music is Jeannie listening to, to keep her strong during the adoption process? That's interesting. Is there like an adoption playlist? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, I've been listening to a lot of, um, worship music for sure just to keep my heart and my 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 spirit right um chandler moore i don't know if y'all know who he is um he just released an ep called feelings and it's actually um it's good for people suffering through depression and stuff like that like i i personally i've had some low moments but i wouldn't say i'm suffering from depression or anything but it's been so good to hear somebody be so honest about how they're feeling but also Mm -hmm. acknowledge that even though they're feeling like God isn't listening or he's not there, acknowledging that he actually is there and he is catching our tears and stuff like that. So right now I've been on Chandler Moore on repeat. Um, That new Dayton just dropped. That's my brother. So I was listening to him. Dayton's the Um, homie. Social Club, Misfits. Um, I'll actually be talking to them tomorrow. So I've been jamming to them. So we had Fern. We had Fern on here last week. Actually, really? Fern was here last week. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm so happy for all that they're doing. I mean, really, really worship music though, um, Brother Moss. That's who I'm really. That's where I'm. That's where. That's my lifeline. That's that's where I just go to the well and just drink. Drink from the well. <laughs> um, so for for you, what what are your hopes and dreams for the future? Like, I know that's super vague, so it, it could really mean anything. But like, you know, we're getting out of this year. And, and what do you just want to see, whether your life, the nation, the world? Yeah. So for me, honestly, I really want people to have authentic experiences with God. Nothing grieves me more than professional Christianity. And I do think that Western culture has become so good at it. And I really think that God has allowed 
us to be shaken in a way that really shows us what is in us. And mm -hmm. my heart is that none of that that's happened in 2020 will be wasted. Like us being locked down, us having to deal with our families. I pray for like real authentic Christianity where we're actually loving each other, uh, where we're mm -hmm. actually forgiving each other, where we're actually communing with God, like real one-on-one -on -one intimate time with God, not, yeah. not, not five minute devotions. And I'm not trying to, you know, mess any, like, you know, with anybody's devotion time, but like, you know, we yeah. have become those you virgin five minute devotions and that's it. There needs to be more. There needs to be true commune, communing with God and, and with each other. And even if we're separated from each other, um, being able to stay connected and stay loving each other through stuff like this, through, you know, right now I'm looking to the side because I'm, my ministry is running a class as this is on and oh. my girls are on in the course. I have somebody facilitating, but they're on, they're communing, they're getting to know, you know, more about God, getting to know more about their identity yeah. in God. That's my wish for everybody. Don't waste 2020. Don't waste what's happening. The pain that's happening is not in vain. Let's not waste it. Let's press into God and really grow. Amazing. That's an amazing final word. That's that's a super dope final word. Everybody, <laughs> as Jeannie mentioned briefly, she's got a, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll second it. She has a crazy testimony, an amazing story of, of where she was and where she's at now and how she got there all in between. Um, I don't know if I've actually ever told the story myself maybe do it <laughs> I've, I've told i've told different portions of your story depending on different things we were doing um but genie's whole story is like a book and now she has a book but yeah give her a follow genie uh, aside from your website where can everyone follow you at and listen to your music hear everything yeah i mean instagram genie ortega facebook um but genieo.com literally has connect you can connect with me there through everything instagram facebook our ministry page Everything is on there. Um, and you can literally text me on my website and it'll come straight to my phone. So do that. Let, you know, let's stay connected. You have questions, you have prayer requests. Like I'm in for it. I'm in for the messy, the messy ministry life. It's not all, you know, book an appointment with my, you know, with my assistant so I can pray for you. Like hit me up and let's, let's do life together. Um, we're, we're for it. me and my husband. Ren. <laughs> that's what that's what we're all about on this show. But Jeannie, thank you so much. I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. I can't wait to check out your book and see everything you got going on. <laughs> How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. I, I'm happy to have you on the season finale. As I said, I, I had to bring out I had to bring out my friends for the season finale. Oh, I'm grateful for that, man. I, I was wondering if you were about I was ever gonna get the call to get on here. So <laughs> you're 74 out of 75. That's not it's not terrible. It's not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> I couldn't have you in the top 10. <laughs> I had to get like other people out of the way and then be like, yo, I know my friends, I can count on them. So I save all of them for the end. For the end. Because <laughs> they, won't, they won't say no. Let's kick into this, man. Uh, the same question as everyone else. Man, 2020, pure chaos for many different reasons. Very many well. different factors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know you personally is a rough year too. So yep. what what has been your 2020 like how have you navigated through it well it's been um interesting 
and uh, very challenging, extremely challenging. Probably um, September was definitely the worst year or the worst month of my life. And um, yeah, I mean, from the beginning though, it was it wasn't as bad. I mean, we were like the kids were getting like anxious and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, because they were just like cooked up in the house. And usually, typically, like during the summer out here in Canada, it's really big for Canada because Canada yeah. is like it's always cold like throughout the year. So yeah, summer is a huge deal to them. And you take away their summer, you know, you can have some problems. And for for the, for the most and you part, you too, you coming from Texas too, so summer was all you had. Well, I mean, summer for me was all year round, bro. <laughs> so, right, right. So for me, I'm I like looking forward to the winter. Like right now, I'm loving like the fact that it snow. It snowed the other day, so I was kind of like excited about that. I was like, hey, that's pretty dope. Um, love you too, Tyler. I see you. Um, <clears throat> so for me, I think. Um, uh, it, it was it was interesting to say the least, and yeah, I think the biggest thing that I mean the biggest chaos, which you know, I guess it was just unexpected, man. Just everything that's been going on, I, and it was humbling to say the least as well, because to see like even from the start, like in February, you had Kobe Bryant and Gianna, like his daughter, pass away, and that was just like the whole world stopped almost, you know. And that, that was like was the like, catalyst. That was the, that kicked that was off the, the year. intro of the year. Yeah. And and to say the least, and and we wouldn't have known what what would have came after that. And I guess for me, I don't know, man. I guess I can. I, for me, getting deeper into what happened. I mean, me and my wife, a lot of y'all know, we, we had we were expecting our our child, and and we were four months into it. So, man, and I I, I replay that day over and over a lot of times, and it, it's really hard. But, um just to see you know the baby like pass from that that was hard because it was like i'm not excluded from this like we saw a celebrity like a celebrity's passed away this year like high like people that a lot of people respected and 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 looked up to and then like you know i we get hit personally and not only that i i had a friend pass away early on in the year too which was totally unexpected um, a good friend of mine. Um, and so that was really, really difficult to take in just, you know, when, when, you know, I had, I had to watch my friend's funeral from live stream, you know, that was, that was difficult. That was because of the fact of COVID you couldn't, I couldn't show up. I couldn't, the border is here, here is closed. I couldn't just go down there. Um, so then from there and then going to, getting into like, man, you know, we're, we're expecting, and then boom, we got hit with it having, like, we got hit with us losing our baby. So that was, that was very difficult. And then, um, yeah. So, I mean, just, it's been a, it's been a chaos of a year, but I can say for a fact that God has brought me like, and plus like, I'm still sort of a newlywed, you know, I've only been married now for only a year and, 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 and a half of that. So that's still kind of like being that and a stepdad to four teenagers. It's like all of that's still like, you know, kind of still new for me. Yeah. And um, so You're in a new country. Yeah. New country, new, new friends, like completely new friends, um, new church, new like 
not new wife, but new wife in that sense. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> a new, uh, a partner. You a didn't have a partner, yeah, a partner before. <laughs> finally, right? A partner. But, <clears throat> you know, it's just been, it's been insane. It's been, it's been um, crazy. So, yeah. So, so let me ask you about that since we have this, this, you know, this kid theme, like you, you became a dad, a stepfather. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you call them your kids. You've already called them your right. kids on here. So what, what is that like? And, and what was that like for you? Kind of just like, okay, like these aren't my kids. And now all of a sudden I have four and they're, it's not like, you know, they're babies or they're young kids. Like you're walking into it and they're teenagers. Oh man. I was scared out of my mind. Are they bigger than you? Uh, yeah, my, my boys, are. <laughs> my sons are actually they, like, I play Call of Duty with them and my oldest son, he'll be on, I uh, like, I'll be playing with some friends of mine. I'm like, Hey, my son's coming in. So they're thinking like, Oh, Hey, this is five year old kid comes hears, in. Like, low, like the deepest voice you ever hear. And they're like, Obi, is this your son? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is. It's my son. And, you know, it's weird because some people are like, look at me and I'll be at the store with them. And they're like, uh, y'all friends or what's going on? And I'm like, no, 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 these are my boys. These are my kids. And like, even enrolling one of them into like a co-op that we do for home, because we do homeschooling, but one of them yeah. goes, goes to uh, school like half of the day or like for like two classes. And we, we were enrolling and the principal was kind of looking at me and my wife, like, this is your son. Like, like he looks older than, or he looks about the same age as you guys. Um, so it's, it's the, that, yeah, it's, it's been interesting though, to say the least. I mean, it was very, I would say like being a step parent is like, and even just a step dad is, 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 um, it's on, what's it called? I would say it's, it's underrated. It's underrated, <laughs> um, to say the least. I guess that's probably the best thing to say because, like, you, I feel like we, a lot of, a lot of, like, even just getting married to somebody who has kids, mm -hmm. and, and I know in the states it's different because, like, out here in Canada, I guess like they don't care about it. It's not like a bad, like, not frowned upon because I guess yeah. people do it out here, but in can in in the states, like, people. Like, cause I had people like, I'm not going to out them either. But some of my friends were like, are you sure you want to marry somebody with four kids? Like, are you okay with that? Like, it was kind of like, some people would probably even go as far as like, I would never marry somebody who has kids already, that type of deal. Um, and, and for me, I just didn't, I didn't care. I don't know. I just didn't care about it. I was kind of like, I actually prayed to be two things. I actually prayed for, for a wife. I was like, I want to pray. I actually wanted to be with somebody that was like the opposite race of me. Not to say anything bad about Latinos or Latinas or anything like that. Like I, I had no nothing problem, no problem marrying somebody if God gave me somebody who was like the same race as me. But I just genuinely wanted to be with somebody just different. I don't know why. Yeah. I just, I just, I like, I had a desire for that. And then I also prayed to be an instant father. I just didn't expect it to be four teenagers. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, you want instant. Oh, okay, I, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so that happened. And um, and yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I had, I, there was people that were kind of like, man, you know, are you, are you cool with it? You know, 
I wouldn't be cool with it type of deal. And it was kind of like, nah, I'm straight with it. Like, I had no problem with it. I think uh, it is difficult. It's stressful. It's hard, and especially in the beginning, especially when it's like the kids are feeling kind of like, hey, you're going to take away my mom from me. Um, you know, and, and we had to have it out quite a few times before we, under, we both understood, like all of us understood, like we're on the same page. We love the same person for the same reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we care about them. We care about that person and we want to do everything we can to protect her. And I guess that's the thing that we kind of like, we both had the same mindset. It was like, you know, they, they were more of like, I'm trying to protect my mom. And in the same sense, it's like, I want to protect all of you. For me, my yeah. standpoint is like, I want to protect all of you guys. It's not just her. I married all of you guys. I, I care about you guys. So um, that, I know that was pretty, pretty hard. And we still, we're still on, you know, I'm, 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 I'm more, um, you know, I've passed, I feel like I've passed a lot of like points with them already yeah. to, to the point where it's like, we're a little bit more, we're a lot more comfortable. Um, there's still those days where it's kind of like, I don't want to listen to this guy <laughs> type of thing. They, they don't care anything about uh, that. I'm a music producer and that we have a studio down here, which is like, I would think like, man, some people would probably like kids would probably kill for this, but they don't care about that at all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much, um, that uh, stepdad life to sum it up for me a little bit. Yeah. 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 It's funny that you got like instant teenagers and you're still, you're the, we're the same age. We're 32, right? So yeah, I'm 32. Like, so like you're still like young and you could do stuff with teenagers. Like you, right. you, you posted, I think a picture of you playing basketball and you're like, you know, taught my son how to shoot hoops today or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son is, is like 14 months old. So I'm not going to be able to like shoot hoops with him at any sort of seriousness till I'm like at least 40 or 41. So I'm already out of my prime by the time <laughs> he gets to be a teenager. So you at least, you at least still get him in your prime. Right. I mean, in a sense, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, man. But like, I could, like, I'll be honest. I do wish that I had them young. Like uh, they were younger. I do. I, I actually like, if I'm being straight up honest, yeah. I do wish that just because of the fact that, um, there was a lot of things that they didn't learn from a dad. You know what I mean? They Absolutely. they missed out. Yeah. A, they missed out a lot of. There was a lot of opportunities for a father figure to be there, and and teach them these things. And even like so much of schedule and um, just respect and type of stuff like that. Um, you know, with, with their with their mom, like with my wife, they're they're completely different. They're like. My wife looks at them like they're still small. You know what I mean? I'm coming in. I'm like looking at them like, you know, hey, y'all are grown up. Y'all need to be learning this already. So like for me, and then not to mention, we're different cultures, like completely different cultures. One, I'm 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 like you know from America, and they're they're from Canada. That's one culture in itself, uh, or two different cultures in itself. But then you got to I got to take into the aspect like they're Jamaican Chinese, and I'm. Oh wow! I'm Latino. I'm Mexican. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, it's 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 a huge. Uh, oh, my boy Jonathan, I see your I see your comments, bro. And no, Whataburger is better. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so in saying that, like in my culture growing up, it was different. Like Hispanic Latino culture is a lot different. We're very family oriented. It's very yeah. like uh, we we do a lot of stuff together, um, especially when it comes to like 
just holidays and things like that. Up here is just different. Like a lot of, uh, like, I wouldn't say like our household is like this, but I saw a lot of people's households like this up here is where like the kids don't really spend a lot of time with the parents. It's like the kids go to the room and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or like um, the parents or the parents are just like always at work up here. Like I've seen, I've just seen that. Like, uh, so, I mean, I know COVID has been a huge test for a lot of these parents out here, but for us, that was never my thing. I always wanted the family to kind of be together and we do things and like we have right. family night on, on Saturdays and, uh, and, and, and like just throughout the week, we're, we're always with the kids, like helping them with their work. My wife's doing an incredible job with that. Uh, I could do better at <laughs> helping that, but, but, you know, my wife just got some locked down on that. And, um, but, but, but in that, in saying that, like, it's just been, it's been, um, it's just been crazy just to, I, I wish that I would have gotten them younger. Cause then I would have been able to teach them a lot of those things though. Like uh, certain things of respect, certain things of just like how to speak, yeah, like manners, mannerisms, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, being mindful of others, things like that. I feel like I'm teaching that now. And like, you know, it's kind of hard. It's a little bit more difficult because they already got their personalities and they're kind of like, well, yeah. I already know, but like, you know, I, I still, I still get it in with them. I still have like really good talks with them. I've still been able to uh, teach them a lot of things. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Do do you let them touch your your hats and sneakers? The, yeah, I mean my well the sneakers they don't wear no, but um, the hats I let them borrow them and stuff like that. And uh, I've given some of them clothes, but I mean I'm pretty big. They can't they can't wear what I what I wear. <laughs> so you're doing a good job. So yeah. so do you, are there are there you think any stigmas that come from being like in a blended family like this like um like do like i guess do, do most people i guess you kind of shared that a little bit like they kind of have thoughts like oh like what what are, what are they doing what are you doing but like and then you kind of like no like this is what it's really like like you can love you know someone say, else's I kids would, and yeah, stuff like that yeah for sure um I, I think it's the biggest depiction of the gospel for me. Like, um, well, uh, what's her name? Jeannie? That was Jeannie. Jeannie that was on here. She she hit the nail on the head when she was talking about adoption. And, and obviously we see the clear picture of, of, of Jesus adopting us, right? But in the mm-hmm. same sense, that's what it is with being a step-parent. You learn to love somebody hard that, that even at times don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Even if they're like treating you like crap and... Um, you got to learn, like, I've learned that patience. I've, I've, I'm still learning a lot of it too at the same time, but I'm not perfect at it at all. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, but at the same time, like, I, I think for me, it's totally possible of, of loving somebody who's not your own. Um, but I would say it's, I would say this, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not for everyone. I, I, I guess I could say that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I, I, I can, I'm trying to be fair on both ends because some people, I could be like, oh yeah, go ahead. Go. Because it is, it's, you're going to have, it's going to test you in a lot of ways. Like um, I've had a lot of talks with people uh, whenever I'm like, oh my gosh, did I do the right thing at times? Sometimes when I overthink it, but um, like Dayton has been, y'all mentioned Dayton earlier and I mean, mentioned yeah. him again, but he's, he's been one to talk to me about, like um, having a stepchild and everything like that, because he had some other things going on with him in his life. 
and we we taught he talked to me and he gave me a lot of advice on that i, I had a huge conversation with my guy detail i don't know if he's still in here but yeah he i saw actually, his name before yeah detail he actually me and him had talks about being a step parent too it's it's interesting man it's so interesting because even with with what happened to my with with me and my wife having our miscarriage um i didn't realize how many people went through that like when when i posted that i went through it or we lost our kid a lot of people hit me up like hey man we we just lost ours too or this happened and it was people that we all know that i was like man nobody told you wouldn't me. have known. i wouldn't have thought yeah uh, but it was really comforting to have that too so like in the same aspect like I had people like uh, that were step parents and um, talked to me about the same way. Uh, Dylan Chase was another one because you know his oldest is uh, he's that's his stepson. So um, in the same in the same sense, I've had like a lot of friends reach out to me and help me with it. But in the same way, if you have if you're dating somebody, I wouldn't I would never put like I would never be like tell somebody oh well think twice like i would be like no if god is calling you to love that person yeah you need to understand that you got to make that commitment to that child even when that child don't want to even when that child is saying no and and and, and i think one of the biggest um things that that comforts me every day is like um i had i we had some premarital counseling before we got married and one of my uh, my pastor from my old church, he he told me he was like one day, because it was one of the do- one of my daughters, one of my girls. Uh, she was like one of the ones that was kind of like really against me being in the household. Um, mm-hmm. He was telling me he's like one of these days she's gonna she's gonna grow up even if she even if it's like eighteen, nineteen, twenty one, thirty years old. She's gonna run to you in your arms, and she's gonna t- she's gonna be crying and asking you for help or something. And I'm actually like, it was really like, it really hit me because I was like, man, that could actually happen one day. And um, and she's gonna realize, like, even just the kids, like, I know they're gonna get older and realize, like, even when they are 30 or something like that, they will realize some the impact that I made in their life. Um, as as me and you remember, like, you, I, I would say for me, like, my parents, I I remember now like what they did when I, when they were my age and, and, and I'm like, oh man, like, like I <laughs> really appreciate them more. So like, I'm calling my mom, like, man, thank you. I appreciate you, mom. Like da, da, da. dad, I appreciate you. And I realized that, but I know that, you know, my kids right now are, aren't going to say, see the same thing until they're, they're um, older, <clears throat> even with the fact that they're my stepchildren. Like I, I know that they're going to really appreciate it. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. And you see uh, Ian Moss's question, what Bible verses or songs have kept you locked into Jesus through this miscarriage pain? Oh, my God. And he's pray- and he's praying for you. Um, uh, It's a song by the sing team. There's this one song by the sing team. Um, It's called Psalm. It's actually a psalm, too. That's the funny thing. Uh, I'm actually I'm gonna look it up. Thank God I have him in the studio. <laughs> don't play the song. I won't don't play get the my, song. <laughs> don't get my show booted uh, like yours called, gets booted. <laughs> it's called uh, "Satisfied in You." Uh, that's what it's called. It's a really great song by the Sing Team. You should check it out. Um, it's also it's based off of Psalm 42. So that that song I probably had it on repeat for so long. Um, 
and the devotion by uh, Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest, that that one has been getting me and my wife through a lot. Um, we've been both reading that together. Um, I'm learning a lot more about reading with my wife and praying with her right now. So that's been that's been um, a lot that we've been doing. Another thing is like uh, what we've done as a family, even as my stepkids. Every night we pray together. Every night we get together right before they're going to That's bed. That's cool. We we try to do some type of devotion, and we try to we we talk about prayer requests. We ask them what what's prayer requests like. What, who uh, who has a prayer request? Um, and each one prays each day differently. Like each one has a uh, each one prays for for the whole family uh, every day. So it's like me, my wife, and the kids. You know, they all trade off. We all trade off. So. Um, so yeah. Yeah, man. And I mean, my, my final question for you, unless anyone else has any questions is, uh, you know, as, as this year closes out, what are you most looking forward to? Like in the future, like, do you have any, any goals, any wishes, hopes, dreams? Um, well, one, be able to come back to the States and visit finally. (laughs) <laughs> it's been a year and a half i haven't seen my family that's been hard wow yeah because we uh once i left canada i moved here and i couldn't just go back you know what i mean because i i was i've been working on my citizenship uh because mm-hmm. of covid my citizenship got pushed back um so everything got shut down here from, and now i'm just praying for my citizenship to get like approved so um Praying for the borders to open up and being able to visit um, as soon as I get my citizenship. And um, man, I'm partnering with 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 a company coming, and it's for producers. So I'm not saying everything fully yet, but shout out to my producer fam. And and uh, and yeah, and and just continue working with with you guys, Rabzilla, doing Critique Fridays and and coming out with new music and everything. So. Who knows? I, I can't really, I, as much as I want to plan more things and say like, yo, I plan to do this. I want to do this. After 2020, I've been like, there's no, I'm like, you I can't, you can't plan for anything, I'm man. Nothing anymore. I'm like, Waste whatever happens, God, you allow it. Uh, like it is what it is. Yeah, man. I feel it. I, I actually skipped one of my questions and we have a couple minutes still. So I'll ask it. Um, so just being in Canada now and watching the state of everything that's happening in the U.S. Obviously, you know all about what it's like to live in the U.S. So what's it like kind of watching from in Canada, like just seeing everything that's going on? There's a facade, bro. There's a facade uh, with us Americans. And I I didn't realize that until I moved out here. I realized how patriotic we are when it comes to America, Uh, even just in whatever state we're from. Even Mm -hmm. as far as to like whatever school we came, high school we went to, we had so much pride in those types of things. And I think it's a big brainwash. Uh, I'm not conspiracist. This is actual truth, man. I I didn't realize that until I moved out here and I was like, I'm stupid. Like when it comes to like, (laughs) when it comes to like, like even when it came to like my education in the US, like it's, it's just really focused on U.S., even Hollywood movies. It's just really focused on how bigging up the u.s and on, on like power and just like power like, prestige. How much they, like not only that it's just like even i'm not trying to get into politics but even just the thoughts of socialism and everything like that i remember moving up here when i was about to move up here i had people like 
people were telling like big people that I like were were, that I looked up to they were like oh brother like in in my church they were just like brother it's a socialistic (laughs) government you better be careful I come up here and I'm like it's is so much better like I don't understand (laughs) I don't understand and um and then I realized how bad it is that it is in America just looking from now as a Canadian to um to to looking at, at the U.S. I'm like I can understand why people hate us like in in the in 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 the U.S. um from other countries and and even just how much we don't know about other countries is insane like yeah so I would say like the U.S. needs a reform a huge reform um in a lot of ways and I I honestly think it's gonna happen I'm praying that it does uh, I think it had to get bad before it gets good. I still think that, um, and I think it. I think it's starting to curve the other way. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm praying for the U.S. I mean, my family and we've been praying for it. So, or yeah, somebody asked, just asked how, how is socialism better, bro? Um, I feel like that's way too much of a loaded answer to way, get. On way this. too much. And and you didn't say necessarily that socialism socialism is better i was just saying that people were saying oh my gosh they're in a socialism i'm just saying canada is better i'm not saying socialism is better so don't get my my words but i also i also think and i'll help you out obi is our perception of what we may think and hear what socialism is is actually entirely different right. than what you've experienced. Yeah, up here is very liberal too. Like um, we have a liberal liberal government up here, and um, it's like partly socialistic, but like uh, partly it's just more like liberal. And then there's like um, republic Republican too, and everything. There's there's a lot. It's a mixture of everything. But it works really, really well. And like, and not only that, like, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist up here, but, but bro, like, I am not afraid to get pulled over by a cop anymore here. Like, I got pulled over up here for the first time with my wife, and I was so nervous. I was, cause I was already knowing what to expect. I've got, I've gotten pulled over with racist, like, uh, by racist cops, like on the way to Derek Miner's um, album release party in 2017. And they thought me and my black friend, kidnapped my white friend who was driving like we were i'm not even kidding bro they had guns like they were had their hands on their gun and they took my white friend out of the car and they were like trying to like are you okay like how do you know them you sure that like they didn't kidnap you and he even told us he's like bro they asked me all these questions and it was insane man so i mean i've had i've had that type of stuff but like like night and day difference. Like when we did the Black Lives Matter march here in Canada, in, and we did it in Ontario and Niagara, in Niagara Falls, it was a huge march. There was a lot of people there. Thousands of people were there, and the cops were in the in in the march with us. They they blocked off the intersections for us. Wow! And they were the the chief of police of the Niagara Falls like region. He was walk, marching with us, holding a sign and everything. It was like. It was so much more unity there here in, in, in what I've seen. And that's not to that's not to say that there's not any racism here, because there is other stuff that's gotten that's happened here, but it's not as like huge as it is in America. Like everybody actually understands, like, hey, you know, black people are ple- people, brown people are people. Like like it, 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 there was an understanding of that. And um I think a lot of it is because to the now I'm 
that's another story. But the homosexual community is really big here, and they're they're really accepted here in that sense. You know what I mean? So I think I think it's like if you if they're already accepted here, like even just racism, it doesn't really is that it doesn't make sense to be like that's like that's yeah. like old news. Yeah, it's like oh, it's like really, it's twenty twenty. You're still racist. Like it doesn't make sense. You know. So yeah. But real, real quick, where can everyone follow you, find you, um, and and all that? Well, you can follow me at Onbeat Music um, everywhere: Twitter, Instagram. Um, hit up my my link in my bio on Instagram for like um, all my stuff for for Spotify and everything. Or you can just go to onbeatmusic.net and um, and then tune in for for Fridays on Rapzilla for Critique Fridays too. So. All right, bro. Well, good, good catching up with you, man. I'll, I'll catch you. I'll catch you later. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this final episode. Uh, thank you, man. And, uh, Appreciate you. Good to have you guys on. You guys are the, the final guest of season one. Interview, interview 75. Nice, nice number to, to end the series on until next year. Um, Honored, so. bro. Thanks for having us on, bro. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Yeah, man. It, it was, uh, I'm excited to have you guys on because I've done so many stories on sex trafficking in the past. You know, I've, I've written about, I'm sure you guys are aware of the Safe House Project yeah, yeah. Um, with with Legend and Renaissance Music. They're doing all that. I've, I've spoken to Layla Mikkelwaite, who does the trafficking hub on, on Pornhub, you know, talking about traffic women there. Right. A few years ago, I interviewed, um, uh, what was the name of that movie? In Plain Sight. Right. I think Natalie Grant was running that and I did a story for that. So when, when Billy, you know, sent the press release my way to, to speak to you guys, I was like, man, like, yeah, I'm all about this because these are the stories that, you know, I love to tell and they're, they're super important. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, yeah, go ahead. We're pumped, bro. I mean, you know, uh, not only being a hip hop artist, but bro, being a pastor for over 20 years, it's our heart to shed light on stuff. Uh, I'm a senior pastor in Los Angeles. And so it's our heart to, to really shed light on on the struggle of people that are voiceless, uh, hence my name, mm -hmm. the voice. And it's just been my it's been my pleasure to engage on this topic, man. So we're we're thankful that you brought us in. That's what's up. Um, I want to ask, how has your 2020 been for the both of you, and and what you know, how have you navigated through it, and and just gone through the craziness of it? Well, it's been a blessing for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, got to spend some time with my adult children. Got to spend a lot of time with my wife working from home. Um, I was able to invest some time into the clothing brand to learn some things, target marketing, different things I've been wanting to do. And the brand mm -hmm. took off. I actually don't have to go back to my nine to five. I'm doing this full time now. Wow, <laughs> congratulations. Brand as a platform to do things like help combat human trafficking and different projects. Amazing, what about, what about you, Phil? Yeah, bro, it's been uh, it's been crazy. Uh, it's been wild, like for ever, all of us, I think. Uh, you know, just kind of trying to find that equilibrium, and uh, but at the same time, it's been a blessing for me, man. Uh, I have a, I have a little sixteen year old daughter. I got a twelve year old little boy, and just to be able to spend quality time with them and to pastor yeah. them, you know, like we're pa I'm pastoring all these other people. You know, I got two hundred people in my church, but it's yeah, like, you know, it's good to pastor your own family full time in. Honestly, I've been called back on a lot of levels to the basics and just kind of going back to what it's all about, man. Uh, spending time with my family, with the people I love the most. And so it's been it's been crazy, but it's also been a blessing in this guy. 
yeah, I, I've said this so many times on the show, like me being a father myself too. It's like, when have you, or will you ever get another opportunity like this where you're just locked in your house with the people that you love? No one's going to school. No one's going to work. No one has anything to be at. You're all just stuck together, whether you like it or not, but you can, you can, you know, rekindle those bonds in that relationship. You may never have another period of time like that again. So that's a blessing for people, you know, with families that they get along, that get along with their families at least. Yeah, I mean, we're and if you didn't get along with him, you definitely got a chance to learn how to. That's for sure. Yeah, you 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 would have had to have figured it out by now. It's been a long couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, awesome. So so you guys are are raising this awareness to fight against sex trafficking, um, and you're you're doing it for the boys, which, as I stated before, isn't really talked about as much. Um, yeah, but I would imagine it's just as bad. So how how did that all come about? Yeah, my wife, Melanie, uh, who's also our associate pastor at our church, Nations Church in Los Angeles, shout out to those who are watching from home right now. Um, she ended up going to Europe. She was in Spain as well as she was in Greece with Project Rescue, and they've been around for over 30 years. They are a part of the Assemblies of God, and they have safe houses where they not only will extract people, but they also uh, you know, help rehabilitate young men, women. Mm-hmm. Uh, grown women, grown men uh, that have been a part of the sex trade. So it's crazy. So as my wife was out there, because we've assisted them uh, financially from our church for uh, probably, well, before I was even the lead pastor there, but uh, I'd say well over 25 years. And so uh, it's just a ministry we've been a part of. When I was in Romania, I was I was close to, uh, I was doing some work in Romania through, uh, you know, doing some hip hop touring and stuff. But I also was working with Teen Challenge when I was out there. And so I first got exposed to Project Rescue way back in the day and just was pumped up to see that they're not just pulling people out, but they're helping build them up. So my wife got back and she was in tears. She was like, Phil, you, you got to hear these stories. There was just women in Spain, uh, in Madrid. They were just standing on the corner uh, wearing nothing but high heels, warming themselves on, uh, you know, trash cans or near trash wow. cans that were on fire. And she says it was just insane. Um, and what was crazy is some of those ladies were like Syrian refugees. They were not nationals from Spain. Wow. And so when my wife got out to, for the second uh, half of her stay out there, uh, she went to Greece. Uh, she got to see the Syrian refugee crisis face to face. And this is where a lot of people who are traffickers will actually kind of hunt people who are um, hard up for help, families that need help. So they'll go and they'll say, hey, we'll provide your daughters, your wives you know, yeah, yeah. and then they'll take them to these other countries and they'll prostitute them. Um, not after needless to say, um, a very like life altering sort of breakdown that they, uh, kind of put them through for, for a while. There's a dispensation of time that a lot of traffickers will put, uh, young women and men through just a breakdown phase where they break them and, and rape them over and over. It's just terrible. It's like just the worst things ever. So after her kind of being face to face with this demographic and this situation and with the families and the faces of the people that are helping them, uh, on boots on the ground, we were like, yo, there's no way, you know, as an artist, uh, you know, I talk, I write, I, I reflect. And I said, I have to write a song about this. Yeah. And, uh, being a guy who went through some abuse as a kid, myself could understand the shame and the hurt. And I was like, yo, I could only imagine if this was like just one time in my life, but now we're looking at people who are dealing with that up to 30, 40 times a day, they're having to service men. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, help me. So if I don't say something, there's something unjust about that. So I wrote a song, Stop That Traffic. I broke it down to Vince. And Vince was like, yo, dude, you yeah. put out your merch anyways. Let's do that. And I said, well, let's do it. But let's for this one, let's just give 100% of it away. And that's how the whole kind of collab started working. 
Yeah. And, and, and what about like for you, Vince, was that as soon as he, he told you about that and kind of his heart and vision, like what immediately made you just like, yeah, I'm all in. Let's go. Well, even before we reconnected, um, uh, we do this man's Bible study outside of a Panera. And uh, one of the Tuesdays we showed up, the security guard said they tried to snatch a little girl from this outdoor mall. And we're wow. like, oh, yeah. So, like, you think right away, like, this is the other side of the world type stuff. Literally, like, a week later, 15 minutes from my house, they busted a sex trafficking ring. And um, so now this is in my backyard. And so that, the mass group were like, we pray, but we want to put, like, our faith in action. So I'm like, how do we do that? You know, we're not ex-military or, like, we're not police officers. So how do we help? Mm-hmm. Then me and Phil reconnected and we started talking. And it just, that was the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. We started talking about the same thing, and we're like, "How can we do something?" Right, you know. Yeah. And that's where the merch came from. He already worked on the, already had a song, and then now it turned into a tour. Yeah, I, I remember one mentioning before that in plain sight documentary. I remember there being a scene where they're kind of zooming out on a neighborhood, and she says something to the effect of like, "You see these ten blocks. Every ten blocks, at least." Um, two or three of them, somebody is being trafficked on any 10 blocks in the U.S., in your neighborhood, yeah. in, you know, whatever city, state, part of the country you're in. Yeah. Almost three, three out of 10 blocks has someone who's being trafficked on it or has been. Um, so, you know, that magnifies the point you just said. It's 15 minutes away from your house. Happened right before a meeting that you were going to. But I didn't even know and, about it. Yeah. And you never think about that. Yeah, internationally, it's like 1.2 million children are trafficked uh, annually. 20% of those are all, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that percentage of that are, are children. Out of that, it really comes out to like 1,100 boys every day are, are pushed through the, this, either the sex trade, organ harvesting, something like that. Uh, you know, illegal working uh, in just inhumane conditions. It's insane, bro. But you know, I think like it's important for us like to, to to bring that out that it's it's happening here in the states. Like you said, it's just it's right in our backyard. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that was that was my next question for you. Like, what are some of the stats and figures? But you you threw those out already. Yeah. Um, unless unless you have more. No, I, I mean the big the we're we're kind of hitting on three that are really helping us to do this because I, the purpose behind us getting out here. I mean, I love rap music, dude. In 1994, I was working with Scott Blackwell. Love Christian hip hop, you know what I'm saying? I was on a, a internationally, yeah, I was 14 years old, man, doing rap music internationally, you know what I'm saying? We love that. I love, we got mad love for Rapzilla. We love all the, the venues and the platforms, but more than anything, we're at a place right now where it's not about being cool, it's about using our gifts. It's about absolutely being able to, to transmit the truth that 1,100 boys every day are voiceless victims, man. And if we don't say something, I feel like it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's a, it's just, it's tragic, man. So like, um, I can only think about myself, you know what I'm saying? Is that we only have our own worldview to look through and I can only mm-hmm. think about myself and what I've been through. And I think, Lord, help me to be a voice for you because there's so many. And it's cool because people are catching on. I just got contacted by the Utah attorney general. They want me to come out because they're going to be putting on a, a gala and they're going to be bringing out uh, the, the uh, just see people in the Senate and in the House, and even uh, I think Ivanka Trump's going to be there. So Trump, so that's kind of cool. But people are catching on, bro. And I think that it, we're just one of the many voices that are out here right now, screaming, saying, "Dude, wake up! This is happening in our backyard." 
Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And I, I know, like, so often things get swept under the rug, but it, like you said, it's, it's kind of waking up. Like, you're hearing a lot about sex trafficking in the news. Um, and not, not that it's a good thing that you're hearing about it, but it's a good thing that everyone's aware, like, yo, this is like a legitimate thing. And there's so many organizations popping up and so many people um, trying to get involved. And uh, someone just asked, how can people get involved? So how can they help out what you're doing and, and you know, be a part of this? Absolutely. There's the threefold kind of purpose behind what we're doing. First off, it's to raise awareness of what's going on. Secondly, it's to, it's to get people to be able to get educated on how to identify these victims. And then thirdly, uh, how to report it, right? And uh, all that wrapped up that it's done explicitly in the name of Jesus. And I believe that's important because this is way more than a cup of cold water. Um, you know, and so we're just wanting people to know the reason why we're doing this is because people have an inherent value that God has given them. And because of our love for Christ, we're reaching out. Right. Um, so we have uh, December 4th, 5th and 6th, uh, a tour set up with um, some key cats in, in CHH. You know, 1KP will be there. Bizzle will be there. Uh, Arise will be there. A young cat named Miles Minnick. He's blowing up right now, doing big things on the West Coast. And so myself and then AI, the anomaly. And we're going to mm -hmm. be just making some noise for Jesus. But ultimately, when people come to that show, whether they tune in, because you can tune in because we're live casting it as well. Um, mm -hmm. When you register for a donation of your choice, whatever amount you want to, we're going to send you an information packet, which will educate you on how to be able to recognize, how to report, and uh, definitely how to be able to raise your awareness on what exactly is happening. So that's really what it is. What they could do is they could go to Outsiders dot what is it dot supply dot supply they could go to vinestylerecords.com they could go to either one of our handles and they mm -hmm. can find out um really the whole information and basically what we're going to do is we're going to make a presentation it's not just a show it is really going to be yeah. an active sort of engagement where people are going to be able to get educated uplifted challenged ultimately pointed to the cross um, and uh, also give some give them some tools in their hands that they can download or if they're in person they can take those tools and they can go home and they can uh, be more informed as well as be ready to be able to report and recognize these sort of, sort of uh, six situations that are going on in our backyard. And 100% of the profit from the tour goes to Project Rescue as yeah. well as the merchandise. Mm -hmm. We didn't wear any other merchandise here, but yeah. if you go to our IG handles on the website, you can see it. Yeah. And, and how long will the merchandise sales be going towards this? Keep it going. It's always going to go towards it. Right. And definitely. We're even looking at potentially, because uh, just kind of filling it out right now, but potentially doing this annually and involving other folks, uh, different artists, okay. different influencers. Yeah. Got mad love. We've been getting mad love from people like Phil Cook has been giving us like just pro bono help. Uh, just cats are coming out the woodwork to support what God's doing. And we're just trying to be a part of what the Lord's doing, man. It's not about us. And it's... Uh, it's really about God. And if we can use our platforms, praise God, man. Let's, let's make some noise for these young boys. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, and also supporting other other ministries. Up and coming, yeah. grassroots cats. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool yeah. to connect with, uh, what was the name of the group we just connected with this last week? Uh, uh, Project Safe House. Safe House, yeah. yeah. Safe so House. Those yeah. are your homies. You referred to them. Yeah, that is amazing. The story shows about the control we're throwing we're going to throw their app on there as one of our resources as well the on the on watch the on watch app right okay yeah yeah for everyone watching the the on watch i'll just brief everyone on watch um was created out of the safe house project and it's basically a, a training program that you can take 
Um, I think it takes about an hour to do, and it'll teach you all the signs and, you know, how to be aware of sex trafficking. Um, you know, what it might look like if it's your neighbor, if it's, if it's a young girl, if it's a boy, um, you know, there's so many things that you may think, oh, like that just seems a little weird, but it's probably, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, it could be something like a very big deal, like someone being trafficked. Uh, so the OnWatch program, you take it, they actually will even send you a certificate and, and, and all that. I've taken it. Um, you know, we're, we're trying, we're helping out, you know, pushing that with Rapzilla. So that's why when, when, when the press release came for what you guys are, doing, I was like, I have to link, I have to link you guys up because you guys are on the same mission and you're just building, you're just building out for bigger impact. Yeah. Um, so that just seemed like a, a thing and, and you guys will do some magic, I'm sure in 2021 together. Uh, yeah, it's exciting, bro. We're just trying to make noise and just help everybody kind of leverage their own platforms to, uh, to kind of heighten awareness, bro. So yeah such a pleasure man to, to be with you man and, and it's, it's cool to see your passion for it because uh it's i think it's needed right now it's totally needed yeah man i i appreciate that and it's like i I've, I've said i was like if i have to be known as like the guy who's always writing about sex trafficking i was like i i could be known for a lot a lot worse things as a journalist at, at least i'm telling a story or or doing something that's making an impact um and, you know, as someone with two young kids, I got a 14 month old boy and wow. a daughter who's going to be four. It's like, yo, this is, I get it. Like, this is right, right up my alley as a parent. It's amazing, bro. It's you know, been amazing. I want to say when I first heard about this, like you think to yourself, what really can I do compared right. to all these big organizations, all this grant money that goes out for this cause? Like really what significant change can I make? But I realize if I do my small part and everybody does a small part, it becomes huge. Same so word. we just got to do a little bit. Yeah, do what we can, mm -hmm. you know. Do what's in our hands to do. And I think that's the key is like, uh, I think people are always like, how are you going to change the world? How about we change one person's world? How about if we get to recognize one of these young boys who's in a, in a tough spot and he's saved? How about you did your part? How about every cent we spent? How about every hour we stayed waking up early and staying up late? Man, it's worth it because, man, you know, it's that 99 in the one. Jesus yeah. left all those 91 nine just for the one. So I you don't know what that one was doing. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. So we're passionate about it. We love, we're excited. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. If any, if anyone has any questions, uh, drop them now. Um, have, have you guys seen any impact already or have like any stories you can share about, you know, things that have turned around for anybody? Yeah. Well, with the, the merchandise, um, we've had different people connect with us. And um, some some people have received Christ as, as their savior, and they also have uh, started sharing their stories. Like they they found a voice through the connection with the merchandise. The merchandise. Want to talk about the merchandise a little bit? Yeah, the merchandise is dope. Uh, it's called Stop That Traffic. That's our line. And basically, mm -hmm. you got a hat, a hoodie, and a t-shirt right now. It's real basic. And Vince does like he's known in the industry. A lot of uh, prominent hip hop figures wear his gear. Um, but it's known for its quality. Like the stuff is off the chain. And I was like, yo. Feinstein was about to build our own kind of brand because, of course, rappers aren't making money off of selling records anymore. So Records? What are records? Right. Now we <laughs> sell t-shirts, bro. <laughs> so, uh, and and praise God. So so Vince was uh, definitely walking me through and mad respect and props to him as I was building that brand. And then it just became someone said, we just, we just sensed it. Like, yo, let's just do this together, bro. And, um, you know, as he was kind of schooling me and putting me through the school of, of you know, textiles, 
um, you know, I was like, let's just use our, our, our respective, uh, our, our respective kind of platforms. And so it's been a blessing, man. But yeah, so that's the year it's a hat. It's a hoodie. It's a t-shirt right now, super dope quality. And just a hundred percent of that stuff goes to, uh, to, uh, just help and support, uh, the fight right now. We're giving those, that funds or those funds rather, uh, to project rescue. Cause that's our, our kind of, uh, number one kind of uh, connection that we have that's yeah. industry that we vetted because it's very important in these contexts that you vet these ministries because um there's even wolves that can come in sheep's clothing and so you got to be real wise with who you're throwing money and time and energy at so project rescue i've had a personal engagement with for the last 15 years and so uh so that's kind of what we're doing man we're just doing that and anything that doesn't cost the you know for the t-shirt whatever that cost is the print 100 percent of that profit goes straight to them you know so it's it's just been a blessing man and uh and hopefully yeah. they're able to do something with it you know and uh and more people find out yeah yeah that's dope and and you briefly shared like your i guess one of the goals would be to kind of do this annually with different people but is there is there like a wider goal like what is kind of like the end game that you're looking to accomplish i'm hoping yeah well i think you're talking and then i'll say something well, the, the sky's the limit i'll, I'll Maybe a festival, maybe a East Coast, West Coast, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we'd love to continue, uh, the, like, an East Coast leg. I got, like I said, I've got some calls from D.C. I got two calls from D.C., actually, they want to bring us out. Uh, my boy, I got to shout out my, my OG, Urban D, from Crossover. Urban uh, D. Brought us out for Flavor Fest, because Flavor Fest was all online this year. And he brought mm -hmm. us out because he wanted to help us support uh, yeah, of, yeah, and so he already let me know that dude. They'd love to bring the tour to the East Coast, and so there's some cool cats that are just reaching out. So definitely, we want to take it to that level. But ultimately, the three points still remain our goal, which is to heighten awareness of what's going on, train people on how to recognize and then thirdly report what's happening. So uh, utilizing different people that are prominent within CHH, but also outside of that concepts as well. Whoever's going to jump on, we've got bad love from like uh, Kilante Gavin. Uh, in the gospel scene, he's been showing love and rocking our shirts and just different cats mm -hmm. have just been showing love. So it's been, it's been dope. So basically just making it a bigger deal. And if we can take this on the road for a long, for a longer term sort of a, a run, then let's do it. And people are showing bad interest. Good, good. That's great. Now, where, where can everyone uh, follow you guys, follow the, the mission and, and everything that you're doing? Just plug away. Um, at Outsiders Brown. Um, on IG and then just uh, outsiders.supply website. That's what's up. And then at the voice raps, the voice raps, and then um, also Vine Style Records, which is our nonprofit, but it's also our label. So Vine Style Records, man. So yeah, it's, it's a blessing, man. And people can grab tickets there too on the Vine Style website. You go to Vine Style, you get the tickets there, or you can go to either one of our handles on IG. And you can follow our link trees and you'll be able to buy uh, something from TicketBud. You know, they just go to TicketBud. You can just search Stop That Traffic and find it there as well. And one more time, what are what are the, the three dates? December 4th, 5th, and 6th. Okay. All right, guys. Well, unless unless you have anything else to say, that's it. I mean, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is amazing. Bro, we and uh, Yeah, we want to thank you, bro. Thanks for bringing us on and mad respect. We love what y'all are doing. And rapzilla has been a blessing to me since I was a freshman back in 2011, man. So yeah. Oh, you're an OG. You're a first class freshman. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. That's the OG. That hey, man. I wasn't. I was still like five years away from Rapzilla when wow. when you were freshman too. 
you've got more experience here than I do. Been rapping for a while, been rapping for a while, bro. But it's all God, man. It's a blessing, bro. Yeah, so I'm I'm honored and, and thank you for the privilege of letting me speak to you guys for my final guest of the year. Like I couldn't think of anything better to to close this out with, especially with Thanksgiving around the corner too. Just having something that, you know, we could all be thankful where where we're at in life. So now it's like, how can we help other people and and be grateful in the blessing of helping other people? So thank you guys so much. That means a lot, bro. God bless you. All right. Peace. All right. So that was Phil the Voice and Venno um, doing the Stop the Traffic Tour December 4th, 5th, and 6th to raise awareness for human trafficking of boys. And all proceeds of the shows and the merch are, are going to Project Rescue. Uh, Justin was a Rebzilla outsider back then. I, I certainly was. I was uh I was just graduating college in 2011. Um but yeah, thank you everyone. It's been a super wild ride of 25 consecutive weeks of doing this. I've done a lot of talking. It's been a wild ride. It's been amazing to get to speak to um so many different people and and walk in someone else's shoes and learn so much. You know, I think I'm I'm gonna spend some time actually writing down like some of the highlights and, and some of the key things that I learned through these 75 interviews. It, it might take me a while, um, but, you know, I hope everyone else was, was blessed on going on this journey with us um, because it's just, it's just been amazing to just hear from people and, and hear stories. There's nothing that I like doing more than interviewing people as a journalist. So this was it like times a lot. Um, I, I do promise to bring this back the next year. It, it's it's crazy to be like, yeah, I spoke to 75 people in CHH, which is like this very small space, right? Um, and they're still like, I don't know, I could still list off maybe like 100 people that I haven't spoken to. So we're not ending this anytime soon. I just need a bit of a break. Maybe February, March, we'll run it back. Um, but yeah, shout out to my to my guest tonight, Jeannie Ortega. On beat music, fill the voice, and Vince Serrano. Uh, check out everything that they're doing. They're all fantastic people. 